powerful of names. Say amen. What a powerful name he is. A lot of exciting stuff going on, obviously, with VBS. Church camp's right around the corner. Uh, we're doing our transition to a new uh, sound system. They've been running wires, so I think maybe in the next month or so we'll have that going on. So when that happens, give us a little time as we transition over and learn the new system. But just a lot of good things going on. Great week at Cookville Free Will. And uh, I put on Facebook, and it was so true, the best vacation Bible school we've had in, in the seven years that I've been here. And uh, just really, really exciting. But Mark put a picture up. Uh, that was just kind of one of the highlights of what was going on at BBS. And this picture uh, was the first night, uh, Brother Mark said he was just walking around, and this group of students, without any adults telling them to, they just started to pray uh, on their own, just asking the Lord to bless their food and bless their time together. And no adult told them to do that. They just, on their own, joined hands and uh, prayed together. And I'm going to tell you, there's, it's always been this way. There's a lot of pressure in this world. There's a lot of temptation in this world. There's a lot of way for students to, to go off on a path that can really bring a lot of damage to them. If it's encouraging to see students praying together, say amen. And that was one of the highlights. And I'm glad Brother Mark focused on the spiritual because I was a little more focused on the fleshly and I was thinking, hot dog, Bryson, one guy with three girls, jackpot. Jackpot. Of course, those girls' parents that are here are thinking, Preacher, I'm going to kill you, and the service is over. It is not jackpot. It's anything but the jackpot. I was excited for the dude. Unfortunately, the next night, a bunch more guys showed up, and he wasn't able to have all the girls for himself. Uh, but it was exciting to see what was going on in Vacation Bible School. And it's exciting to see the students up here singing today. It's exciting to have Jacob Frady and his family join the church a couple weeks ago. And if you're here on Sunday night to see Tanner and Lacey join the church as well, and just a lot of great, great things going on. And uh, if you've been here, I know we have some visitors today, but we've been preaching a little five-part vision series in our church. I've never really preached a vision series before, and part of this was a conference I went to that really just helped open my eyes. It was time to just kind of lay out, this is what's been going on, and this is where we're headed as a church, and the spring, or the spring was so strong and we know when summertime's over, we want to kick off the fall and keep going strong. So just felt led of the Lord. Let's kind of lay out there. What are we doing? And what are we trying to accomplish? And so this morning, with the students singing the praise and worship to the Lord, you're seeing a part of how we're trying to prepare the next generation to use their talents to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. And so this morning, we're going to continue in that five-part series, That's My Church, and we're going to see today... Uh, we've seen the outreach that we want to do. We've seen the praise to God that we want to do. We've seen the way that is actually by doing the work of the Lord and reaching out to others that we will be nourished and we'll be strengthened as a church. And today we want to see that when people ask you, man, why go to Coville Free Will? Why have your kids a part of that church? Why uh, be a part of what's going on there? We want to be able to say that that's my church. That's my church because there is a place where we are building... We are building, we are experiencing deeper relationships in Christ. We want to be able to say at Kubel Free Will, it's a place where you go to build relationships, but not just any kind of relationship, to build deeper, ongoing, deeper relationships in Jesus Christ. So last week, we saw the importance of God's Word and how it tells us that we must reach out. Jesus said to His disciples, we saw last week, one time He was hungry, 
He'd been meeting with a woman at the well and, and he hadn't had anything to eat. And his disciples came up after he'd met with this woman and they said, Jesus, man, aren't you hungry? Don't you need something to eat? And Jesus said, I've got nourishment. I've got meat that you don't know about. And what did we see last week? Jesus said, my strength, my energy comes from reaching out to others and telling them about God's kingdom. That's what gives me the nourishment I need. And so last week we focused on that, that as a church, we must not become just focused on the inward. We must focus on reaching people and ministering uh, to them. Ambro Tucker's a great example of that, right? Like Tucker was just invited to come to our church a couple years ago. He rolled in. Nobody knew what was about to happen in his life. Brother Tucker went through a major, just horrific event. Just some events unfolded, and we've been able to minister to him. But that took somebody reaching out and saying, hey, Tucker, you need to come, and you need to see what's going on over at Cookville Free Will. We must do this over and over again. There are a thousand stories like Tucker's of people that need a church to rally to them and to help them. Man, if you want to be a church that reaches out, say amen. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 3. If you don't have your Bible, we're just going to read two verses and you can listen really close. There's one in front of you if you want to get it. But Hebrews chapter 3, it's in the New Testament, comes after the book of Titus and Philemon. Those are real small letters that were written that make up the New Testament. And then comes the book of Hebrews and it's a little bit bigger book. And go to Hebrews chapter 3 and then go to verse 12 and let's read Hebrews 12 and 13. All right, let's listen to what God's Word says, Hebrews chapter 3. Verses 12 and 13. Two verses today that help us think about the importance of building relationships that help us go deeper with Jesus Christ. All right? So Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. There's a warning here. It's like sometimes you need to give people uh, a warning. And you need to give them a word of warning. Man, my son gave me, Ethan gave me a word of warning this morning. Uh, We were eating breakfast. And uh, so I got to talking to my uh, father-in-law is here about some local politics stuff that's been going on this week. And, and I'm not really big into that, but some things happened. I was like, man, I was reading some stuff on Facebook. And I was like, I can't believe Christians say that to each other on Facebook. That's not Christians at, at all. And I know we get passionate about politics sometimes. I'm like, I can't believe they're saying this about this guy. And, and I know that man. He's a good Christian man, whether you agree with this decision or not. And I can't believe people that are, on, that are Christians are on Facebook saying this. And I told my father-in-law, so him, I was like, this is just kind of an embarrassment to everybody who believes in Jesus. And, and while we were talking about it, Ethan piped up. And uh, now stick with me now. I know we have people all across the spectrum here, so just stick with me. So Ethan pipes up, and Ethan goes, well, Dad? He goes, uh, I, t- I was saying something about it. I was like, man, you can only watch so much politics, and you've got to turn that off, or you'll, you'll become negative. And my son goes, well, how come you watch it every morning, Dad? And I said, well, I don't necessarily watch it every morning. He goes, well... You've got that Morning Joe on record so you can watch that show and see what's going on. And I said, well, I I watch it sometimes. And then Ethan told me, he said, Dad, I don't have to watch that show to know what's going on. And I said, oh, really? Ethan said, you don't have to? He said, no. He said, I saw the other day that Donald Trump's daughter told him she wasn't going to have nothing to do with him and that she didn't need him and uh, something about going to jail. And I looked at him, I said, what are you talking about? I haven't heard this. What are you talking about? He said, yeah, Dad. He said, you know those magazines at the checkout aisle at the store? Am I telling the truth, Tim? He said, you know, I was reading them. And I was reading about what Donald Trump and his daughter looked at. I said, son, that's the National Enquirer. That's not real news. He'd read a word. He'd read a word, but it wasn't a true word. It was a false word that had led him astray. 
Listen to what Hebrews 3.12 tells us about being led astray. Listen to this. Hebrews 3.12 says, Take heed. Well, man, watch out. Watch out, brethren, lest there be any of you. So he's writing this to a church. He's writing this to believers. And he says to them, Take heed and watch out, lest there be any of you of an evil heart of unbelief. So he says, man, you can go to church. You can go through the rituals. You can be a part of what's going on, but you better watch out because if you just are going through those rituals and it's all you're doing, watch out lest if any of you, an evil heart of unbelief, comes up. What happens when it comes up? Departing from the living God. Don't let that happen. Don't let this spirit of unbelief begin to build up within you. Instead, do what? Verse 13. But exhort or encourage one another daily. Look for every opportunity to encourage somebody else, to challenge somebody else, to push somebody else, to stand firm with the love of Christ. Exhort one another daily while it is called today. Don't put it off being a blessing to somebody else. Don't put it off encouraging somebody else. Don't put it off uh, challenging somebody and saying, man, you're making, I mean, I'm your friend and I love you, you're making a huge mistake. Don't, Don't do this. He says, don't wait. Do it while it's called today lest any of you, the preacher, the deacons, the young, the old, he says, don't put this off, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So take heed that you don't get led astray and that you don't just go through the motions in a heart of unbelief. Well, take heed of that. And the antidote to that, to stop that from happening, is for the church to encourage one another and to exhort one another and to build one another up in the Word of the Lord. So here's the thing today. If you don't know Jesus, if you've never confessed Him as your Lord, and you're not a disciple of Jesus, if you're not doing that, listen, I want you to know Jesus has a plan and a purpose for you. And He loves you. And what we've seen with Tucker and his daughter, Jesus' purpose is to reunite, re, reunite you with God and God's love. And some of you, it's been a long time since you felt the love of God, just like Tucker went a long time being separated from his daughter. Some of you, for a long time, you felt separated from God. And Jesus has a plan and a purpose for you, and it's that you will know the love of God, and that you will follow that path for your life, and that you'll pass that on to your kids and everybody around you, that you will exhort and encourage them to be a part of God's kingdom and what He's doing. But there's a danger. The danger is you can grow cold. You can get overwhelmed. You can get distracted by so many other things going on in life that you lose this sense, this sense, this self-awareness of the Lord Jesus and His calling and His purpose for you and for your family. And so verse 12 gives us this great warning to be careful when that happens because a heart of unbelief can begin to develop within you and grow within you And when that heart of unbelief gets there, you're no longer following the path that Jesus has for you through the treacherous waters of this world. Instead of that, you're getting off on the wrong path. And there's an enemy that wants to destroy you and destroy your faith. So he says, watch out for that heart of unbelief. So how do you stay on the path? Well, he says, we have a part in that. God uses us. Part of Jesus' plan for your life is for you to not just be isolated. Right? A church is a gathering of people. Part of that purpose is to encourage one another to continue on, to help one another when we get distracted. Now, let's just be real for a minute, all right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know this is kind of going out of style with different laws that are being passed and stuff, 
But um, I, I still remember when I first got my first real job that I ever had was back in 1996. They were building the new high school, and me and a couple of friends for a summer job, we, uh, they were building these metal shelves, and our job was to go in to make these shelves and put them over in the new high school. That was my first experience with real work. Uh, well, I mean, my dad had to do real work, but, but real like with a job. And, uh, you know, that was my first experience around uh, men that were 40, 50 years old that were just really foul-mouthed and just disgusting. And, and it was the first experience, because my parents don't smoke, so I didn't grow up with that. But I remember that job that first summer as we built those shelves that were going to go in the high school. There were people that smoked, and they just could not wait for the break to come. And they would start having these little twitching fits because they needed that cigarette so bad. Like that's just, they just had, they just had to have that cigarette. And if they couldn't get that cigarette, they were so distracted. And they couldn't focus and they couldn't work until they got it. Man, if you, not, not necessarily you yourself, but if you know what I'm talking about, if you know what it's like, feel that really got to have a cigarette and how distracted they are at work till they get one. If you know what I'm talking about, raise your hand if you understand this, right? We know this, right? Sometimes, man, like today, uh, and this scares me, like this is what scares me. If you ever get around a woman at, at work and this woman has a baby's daddy, whether it's married or not married, has a baby's daddy that is not helping take care of the baby and there is drama. Listen, man, you better step aside when there's a mama whose baby's daddy is not doing what he's supposed to do because they will be distracted. They will be on the warpath. They will be looking to destroy somebody. And they can't focus because they're thinking about why is the father of this child not doing what he's supposed to do or vice versa. Sometimes they're fathers and, and they can't focus because they're so worried about their kids and why the other spouse isn't doing what they're supposed to do. Well, here it says, if we're not careful, we can get distracted. And the enemy wants to distract us and not from just our physical work, but he wants to distract us from the spiritual purposes and the will of God that God has for us. And so I want to show you today, what are three ways, like he says to us, to exhort, to help one another not get off of God's path. So as a church, that has to be one of our primary things. We have to reach out, because if we don't reach out, we're not doing what Jesus said to do, and we're not experiencing that, that nourishment that he says we'll have. But we also, from this verse, we learn, right, some churches focus just on reaching out, and they neglect what a, Hebrews 3, 12, and 13, which is also telling the churches, yes, you must reach out, but you must also, with the people that you have reached out to, you must also continue to invest in them so that they do not depart and develop a heart of unbelief. So how is the church, how do we do this? Look at verse 13 again. Let's read it, and then I'm going to give you three ways, all right, as a church, that we're going to focus on and continue to do to help us to help others have deeper relationships in Jesus. Verse 13, exhort one another daily, while it is called the day, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of Sin. So how do we as a church help people forge relationships to do this? Number one, first way as a church, right? You can see it right up here on the screen. First way as a church that we do this is, is that we facilitate relationships in Christ. We help them go deeper through faith-building words. We're a church that is focused on preaching, proclaiming, and teaching whether it's vacation Bible school, whether it's in corporate worship, whether it's with one-on-one conversations, we are focused on proclaiming faith-building words. Small groups, sermons, musical worship, holy conversations as a church. 
we must prioritize those words and conversations that build one another up in the faith of Jesus. The world around us, they speak enough negative words. They speak enough distracting words. They speak enough untrue words. Faith-building words are words that speak the truth, but do it in love. You catch both of that? Faith-building words must be the truth. We cannot lie to people. We cannot, we cannot look. We cannot look at people that are trapped in sin and tell them, well, it'll just be okay. Let me tell you, sometimes you don't need to tell somebody it'll just be okay. You need to look them in the face and you need to tell them the truth and say, look, man, if you don't allow God to work in your life and allow His Spirit to get you out of this mess you're in, it's not going to be okay. If sometimes it's not okay, say amen. That was kind of weak. Because we know sometimes it's us that it's not okay with. We must tell the truth. But we must also do it in love. That's what made me so sad, the stuff I was reading on Facebook. Because there were people who are angry in our community over some political stuff that happened. I was reading things by people that like, claim to be big-name Christians. I was reading what they were saying. I was like, there is zero love in that, and the whole world is seeing this, all of this. They're seeing all of this, and there is zero love in what's there. And I, I told somebody today, I said, I wanted so much to say something, but the Holy Spirit restrained me. It's like, don't get caught up in what this world's doing. Don't get caught up in this. Listen, we got a higher purpose, and that purpose is to proclaim faith-building words. If you want to be known for speaking the truth in love, say amen. Faith-building words. Look, there's enough anger. There's enough gossip. There's enough hatred. There's enough deceit already. We need to be a church that's known for faith-building words. We need those children that were here to know that in this place they will be told the truth, but they will be told it in love. We need parents that can know when their child is here that they're going to be loved and they're also going to be helped pointed on that path that Jesus has for them. Words matter. Words matter a lot. The right word, listen, did you know? Listen to Proverbs 25, 11, and 12. Let me, let me find this real quick. Proverbs 25, 11, and 12. Ladies, you're going to like this a lot. Listen to what Proverbs 25, 11, and 12 says. Listen to this. A word fitly spoken, a word said at the right time, is like apples of gold in pictures of silver, or, listen, or it's like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold. So is a wise reprover on an obedient ear. That just says right there that the right word, the faith-building word that is both truthful and loving, is like an expensive earring or an expensive piece of jewelry that a woman puts on to, or, to, to kind of take that outfit to the next level. And she says, you want to go to the next level? You want to continue where Jesus has you, has, wants you to be? Proverbs says the right word spoken at the right time is like giving a lady a nice piece of jewelry that then enhances their outfit to the next level. Cool, free will, we need to be able to say, that's my church because we're building relationships in Christ through faith-building words. First way. Second way. So, actually, we do pretty good at that. I say that because, I mean, we could get a lot better. Uh, I was sent something the other week, and it, and it was encouraging. There's a, a, a mission church that got planted in Cookville, and I uh, didn't make it, didn't make it. And somebody sent me a letter they sent to their church, church members. They're going to dissolve this church. And they had listed four or five churches in Cookville that said, as we dissolve, these are the four or five churches that we recommend you going and checking out. And our church was actually on that list, and they gave different reasons. They had, they had rated why they, why they told people to go there. 
And uh, our church was listed, it was listed because that's a church that faithfully and regularly preaches the truth. And in what they do, they teach the truth. And there were four or five churches listed, and we were one. I thought, wow, that's, that's good that, that they recognize that. But here's the thing. We can't just speak the right word because it's not just words. The second thing we see is we're going to have deeper relationships. It can't just be words. We build or encourage deeper relationships. Secondly, you can see this on the screen, through cooperative service. Words are not enough. You've all heard the sayings that actions speak louder than words, right? Actions speak louder than words. So if you're coaching a sports team, you got somebody that's going to talk a good game. And I'm going to get out there and I'm going to do awesome. And I'm going to lay it on them. Well, coaches hear that all the time. they got to see what do you actually produce. Actions speak louder than words. You've heard it said you've got to walk the walk if you're going to talk the talk. Well, the Bible backs that up. makes it clear that it's not just, listen, James 1.22 James 1.22 says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. And I would add to that, be doers of the word, not just hearers, and applied in that is don't just talk about it either. Don't just talk it. You actually got to walk it. You actually got to show it. You actually have to live it. God's will isn't for you to just hear the word. His will is for you to hear it and to actively serve. So whether you're a parent or a grandparent or a guardian, We want you to be plugged in, actually, to the kids' ministry that your kids are doing. That doesn't mean you have to volunteer for everything. We don't want you to do that because we want you to be able sometimes to bring your kid and go on a date or go do something else. We don't want you to be here all the time. But listen, if you're a parent, like, sometimes you should volunteer because that's actually building with your child an identity with the Lord. And so we want you to be a part of that sometimes. You know, there are different ways we can do this. And there are different ways that we can build relationships. And in the fall, we've never done this before, but in the fall, and I really don't know why we haven't done it before, we're going to put in the bulletin a number of ways for you to volunteer. So you can see that. And so some of you, you don't do anything yet, and and you're like, man, I'd like to do something for the church. Well, we need to actually help you see that and to know what that can be because it's not enough for you just to hear. You've actually got to come and and get involved. Now, if you just come and and you just listen, hey, we're happy and we, we want you to be here and do that. But I would also say to you, man, at some point you need to do some things to take that next step for the will of God to cooperatively serve others. So faith-building words are so important. And cooperative service is so important. And then thirdly and finally today, as a church, you could, you could look at it this way, right? Look, look at it like a pyramid that goes downward because we're going deeper. We're going deeper is what we're doing. So the first level of that pyramid is those faith-building words. We hear the Word of God, and that shows us what we're supposed to do. Then the next level of the pyramid is we actually go out and do it. So faith-building words are important. That has to be first. We have to prioritize God's Word because there's so many false words. God's Word, cooperative service. And then when you begin to do ministry with other people, you know, then you can do this third thing that's on the screen. You can go deeper relationships as you bear the burdens and the struggles of other people. Man, I, I can tell you today, and it was an honor. Not, not an honor that you, you want to happen, but just because this is the way life is, and this is so cool that Lila's here today. Man, Tucker and I have had a lot of conversations on the phone, haven't we? And we've had a lot of lunches. We've had a lot of conversations about, honestly, a lot of it just me listening to Tucker, because I'm not a lawyer. I didn't know what, I didn't know what to tell him. I'm not a lawyer. But just listening. Just listen saying, hey man, 
I want to be with you and help you any way I can as you go through this valley. But can I tell you something? If we're going to be the church that we need to be, it can't just be the pastor doing that or the deacons. All of us have to serve with others so we can get to know them and then bear their burdens. Man, if it's a great thing to have a brother or sister that stands with you in a trial, would you say amen? See, that is Jesus. Jesus knew the heart of God. He's the Son of God. He's part of that eternal trinity. And when man fell into sin, man, Jesus knew what the will of the Father was. He knew what that was. So he was able to then go and enter into this life and enact the will of God, which was to come and to redeem us and save us. And how did he redeem and save us? By bearing our burdens for us. And so now as a church, we're called to know the Word of God. And so we proclaim it. And then we are to go and do ministry to others. The models, the ministry that Jesus did. And as we do that ministry, we will find that we will also bear the burdens of other people just as He did. This is incarnational ministry. This is being a disciple of Jesus. There are a few things that deepen a relationship and encourage somebody, like just being with them. That's the difference, though. Only Jesus could, could ultimately bear that burden and overcome it. Only Jesus could ultimately overcome the effects of our sin and what it's done to our families and our communities and to our personal selves. Only Jesus could do that. So yes, we're mirroring Jesus, but as we mirror it, we're always pointing back to Him because as we bear the burdens of other people, it's always provisional. It's never ultimate. Because only Jesus could ultimately bear the price of sin. Man, if you're glad He did that, say amen. Only Jesus. But we do it as a sign, as an image to let the world know, man, this is what Jesus is about. See, the National Enquirer, they lied to my son. They're supposed, they're acting like they're at the store that they're telling the truth about what's going on, but they told a lie. And that actually happens all over the world. Our students and we ourselves, young or old, we're being lied to all the time by, by media and by magazines and, and by people that want to sell us stuff and by people that want to influence us and people that want us to do what they want to do. We're constantly being lied to. So we need a word from beyond us. We need a word from above this, but it's come into it. And that is Jesus. He is the Word that descended and came in the form of a human being to be with us, to speak a word of truth to us, which is you are caught in sin and there's only one way out. And only God can provide it and He has provided it through me on a cross for you. So when we think about our church, been seven years in May as the pastors, we think about the next seven years we think about where we're headed. We are going to keep proclaiming faith-building words. We're going to ask the Lord to help us get better at cooperative service. We're going to ask the Lord to help us to bear the burdens of our brothers and sisters. And we're going to remember as we do this, that if we do it under our power or under our strength, it will not work. We sang today, hey man, we recognize we need the Holy Spirit's power. We recognize that we need His presence. That next verse, if you notice that, then sang about the glory of God. We need the Holy Spirit to actually allow us to experience the glory of God. And so listen, he says, man, he warns there in Hebrew, he says, watch out. Man, watch out lest the heart of unbelief develops in you because it can't happen. And so he says, don't let it happen. And how do you help it from not happening? By exhorting one another. Watch today lest any fall away. And so as we proclaim faith-building words and as we focus on cooperative spirit together and as we focus on bearing one of the burdens, we must remember that it's all done through Jesus Christ because He became like us as a human 
so that we be, could become like Him, connected to God the Father. He came to you where you were so that one day you might go to where He is. Jesus was rejected so that you could be accepted. Jesus was condemned, the Bible says, so you could be forgiven. He was punished so that you could be pardoned. He was suffered. He suffered. Oh, He suffered so that you could be strengthened in your life. He was wounded, the Bible says, so that you could be healed. He was hated. I don't like for people to hate me. I've never liked that. I mean, I, I don't like it. I don't like it when people hate me and don't like me. Most people don't. And out of all the amazing things that God did through His Son Jesus, I think the one that amazes me the most, yes, He suffered so that we would be strengthened. Yes, He was wounded that we could be healed. But Jesus allowed Himself to be hated by others so that you could be loved by God. Jesus allowed Himself. He willingly took on the hatred of other people so that you could be loved by God. And so Cookville Church, oh man, VBS was great. But that's just the first step of a journey with these students. We have to keep proclaiming the Word. We have to keep giving them opportunities to come together and to pray together and invite their friends to come because there are a lot of people in this community that don't know love and don't have parents that care for them or love them. We had some of those at VBS, some of them not here today. But they come from really bad backgrounds. And we as a church have to show these kids, man, Jesus loves you and He's loved you so that you can love those kids. And so that one day as, as you grow, even now and as you grow, you can continue to bear the burdens of others because Jesus bore the burden of your sin. Now there's somebody in this room today. There's somebody in this room today that you're carrying some burdens. And you're carrying a weight. And you recognize that you don't have that relationship with God that you need. And you recognize that sin has led you astray. It could be all kinds of sin. You could be the one, man, I'm the gossip. I'm the one that can't stay off Facebook saying negative things about other people. I'm the one that can't stop being judgmental. I'm the one who can't get out of sexual sin. I'm the one that's stuck in pornography. I guarantee you there are men in this church right now that are glued on pornography and say, I can't get out of pornography. There are women in this church that it's just, I've got to have more, 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 more stuff. And the Lord says to you today, man, that's the wrong path. That will never fulfill you. It will eat you alive. And Jesus says to you today, I came to save you from that. I came to give you a better way, the only way, my way. If Jesus is speaking to you today, He's calling to you and He says, come and have that relationship with me. That verse 13 said, today is the day to encourage somebody. I would say to you, today is the day for you to come and to say, I want to follow Jesus. Say, I don't know how to do that. You come and we'll show you. It's just confess your sins and say, I want to follow Him. It's that easy. And you begin this process with Him, living for Him. Why don't you lay that stuff aside and come follow Him? You might be a new believer today. We've had some new believers come to Christ. You know what the devil does? You start this journey and he's going to start hitting you hard. And you may feel like today, you may already feel like, man, I'm already getting jaded. I'm already getting hard. I'm already losing hope. You know what this is today? This is a word of encouragement for you. Man, keep going. Keep pressing on. And you watch and you see what God will do in your life. He was hated so that you could be loved. And He has loved us as a church 
so we can say, that's my church because we're reaching out, but we're also building deeper with people so that they may know Jesus in an even deeper and deeper way. Would you stand with me this morning? Go ahead, musicians, come. We're going to give an invitation. Man, it's been a great service. It's been a wonderful service. But right now, it's, it's time for you within your heart to reflect for a minute. Allow God to speak to you as He's spoken through His Word. Maybe today you need to come give your life to Christ and say, I want to follow Him. I want to lay this sin down and follow Him. Maybe it's a time for you to commit. Maybe there's some struggle in your life, some battle in your life. This is your time as we sing. If you need to come, listen, you come and you give it to the Lord Jesus Christ. You be strengthened today. You do whatever He leads you to do as we worship together. Lord, I ask right now that you would speak to every heart. Lord, that you would minister, that you would call us, that you would build us up. Lord, help us to do your will. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing.